we're back. Three One Podcast. So happy to have you with us. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio. Give it up for International Ian Lamont Morgan. What is happening, everybody? Feliz Navidad. Um, wow. Buongiorno. Everything. How y'all doing? Christmas in August. And give it up for our main man in the Nasty Natty, Keith Turner Jr. What's up, everybody? You all know I'm feeling good because football is here. What a joy. What a joy. Brothers, what's going on? What's going on? And your boy in the capital city, it's Malcolm Morgan. Round of applause to me. So, guys, first question. Did you watch any of the opening college football games that happened last week? No. Bruh. I was busy all weekend. It was a riveting, it was the most riveting contest. Um, I won't bore you with the details because I don't know them. But. <laughs> okay. I swear, Malcolm, I can't stand you. I can't. <laughs> I know you guys are really big New Mexico State fans. Um, so I know you guys have them uh, high high up on your list, and we'll get a chance to talk about them today because it's part two of our college football preview. We're going to talk about the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the non-Power 5 conferences, and if we have some time at the end, we're going to give you our playoff predictions. That's so, guys, I'll, dealer's choice, do you guys want to do Pac-12 or Big 12 first? Let's get the worst. Well, actually, you know what? Let's go Pac-12. <laughs> okay, I see the shade. I see the shade. All right, Pac-12. Um, a lot of storylines in this conference this year. Yeah, man. What storylines are you guys looking at to start the year? Uh, head coaches. What are these new head coaches yeah. about to do? Um, I was so excited to see Chip Kelly back where he belongs in college football, um, where you know he just. Oh, gosh, watching watching his offense at Oregon was extremely fun um, and entertaining. So I can't wait to see what he does with UCLA. Uh, Kevin Sumlin coming from the SEC, uh, going to Arizona. I think he definitely has a, a chance to win now. Um, Herm Edwards coming back out of retirement in NFL uh, to coach Arizona State. Um, Oregon State has a new coach, Jonathan, Jonathan Smith. Oregon has a new coach, Mario Cristobal. So, I mean, the Pac-12, y'all, like, they need some help really bad because since Oregon hasn't really, you know, since they lost Chip Kelly, I mean, they did go to the national championship once and got destroyed by none other than the Ohio State University, as I should say. Um, But since then, they have been not very good, to say the least. That's putting it nice. So the Pac-12 needs um, these teams to really step up this year. Um, and make some noise because if not, they're just going to continue to be just average at best. So I am looking forward to these new head coaches, what they're going to do. Um, I really like Kevin Sullivan in Arizona um, taking over for Rich Ride. I think he really has a chance to be great. So um, that's that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, for me, it's, uh, it's really what makes the Pac-12 interesting to me, which um, I know for my stint when I was really, really into – uh, watching those games, it was uh, Oregon and USC. It was all about those two teams, and so uh, them 
uh, like Keith mentioned, having Mario Cristobal come back and, and uh, then USC. Uh, I know they got to, you know, come back from uh, losing Sam Darnold and they got a little battle going on there. But I think those two programs are, are at um, at the top. A lot of people, well, I don't want to forecast my picks here. But uh, now that they are, um, you know, back to stable programs and, and you know, no controversies, cloud room and everything stable. like that. Ooh. Stable in Easy. terms of sanctions <laughs> and, and those type of things. Well, uh, UCLA just had to deal with one. They had to suspend six guys. I'm talking about USC. Oh, USC. All right, all right. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested once again in the Pac-12 because of those two teams. That's what really gets me excited to watch uh, uh, football on the coast. So yeah, I'm I'm on the lookout. Yeah, um, I agree. Chip Kelly coming to LA is a big storyline. Back in the Pac-12, um, trying to another coach is going to try to breathe new life into that UCLA program and, and try to keep up with their crosstown rival. Um, I'm also interested to see how the Bryce Love Heisman train uh, gets rolling. He kind of surprised a lot of people last year um, with the things that he was able to do at Stanford. They seem to always keep a running back. Um, and so I think he's going to, once again, put up, be able to put up some big numbers with that team that's committed to running the ball. Mm-hmm. Um something that David Shaw does a lot there. And then I'm, I'm also interested, interested to see if, if Washington can finally kind of complete a whole year. They, yes. they tend to get off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look like a team that can be a contender, and then they kind of fall apart at the end or lose a game late um, or lose the Pac-12 championship, something like that. So can they put a whole year together this year? Um, they're, they're kind of setting themselves up pretty well for the future. Chris Peterson has done a great job recruiting and building yep. up that talent base. Uh, Jake Browning, I believe, is a senior this year, but year they were starter. able to get four-year starter, absolutely. But they were able to get um, Georgia transfer, um, I believe, Jake Eason, who was the number one quarterback in the country a couple years ago, got hurt last year, got replaced by uh, Jake Fromm at Georgia and never got the job back. But that kid is is a stud. Um, and so they're setting themselves up for the future. But for this year, I want to see if they can um, make that next step and turn themselves into legitimate contenders. Yeah. They got nine starters. They got nine starters coming back on their defense, and their linebackers yeah. are, like, loaded. So I'm really looking for Washington, too. Like, And their, their running back, he's, like, he's had, I think, 1,300 yards all three of his yeah. seasons. Like, I was looking at stats, like, good Lord, every year he's, he's over 1,000 yards and nearing 1,300. So... Uh, many people were surprised he came back because he definitely could have been in, in an NFL jersey this year. Yeah. Yeah. I like Browning because he doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that combined, they got some Hawks on that defense. And so hopefully, yeah. I mean, they, if there's going to be a year where they put it all together, I think they got a good shot here. Yep. It, I don't know what it is about Chris Peterson, but he finds the quarterbacks that don't turn the ball over that manage the game. Um, don't make mistakes. Even when he was at Boise State, he he find the, found those guys. Um, so, shout out to him. And uh, I'm sure we'll get to our predictions a little later. But let's talk about some of the new faces that are going to be in the Pac-12 this year. We talked about this a little bit. Or, Keith, you hit on this a little bit. You talked about Chip Kelly. Um, I'll start off here. I'll talk about uh, quarterback at USC, JT Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um He's going to be a pivotal figure for them. This team is is still loaded with talent, even though they lost guys like Sam Darnold um, and some other talented people on both sides of the ball. If they can get some solid 
uh, quarterback play. Um, if if Daniels can come in and not turn the ball over and get the ball to those playmakers on the outside, this team has the potential to surprise some people and possibly even win the Pac-12. Um, you know, he's a, he's a true freshman coming in, so it's going to be a lot of pressure on him. But, you know, uh, they did name him the starter this week. Um, and so you always expect strong quarterback play when it comes to USC. But he's got big shoes to fill in Sam Darnold. Um, who got drafted this year by the Jets. Yep. Um, if they can get the play they need from Daniels, if he can keep the turnovers down, get the ball into those playmakers, and that defense can help out, uh, USC could be a force to be reckoned with again this year. Zero. But uh, who are some of the new faces you guys are looking at? Oddly enough, um, mine is a coach. And it's uh, the <laughs> 29-year veteran. Um, that's Well, that's that his absence has been 29 years. Looking at Herm Edwards, um, yeah. Just a guy that you know, uh, growing accustomed seeing him in the in the NFL and all these years as a commentator, uh, really wanting him to do well at Arizona State. Um, it's interesting, you know, some of the different things that are mixed in there. But uh, you know, want to see if if there's more than just the bark to it. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's he's great for clips and stuff, and uh, they're not projected to to, to be really great. Um, they're looking at bottom of the pack of the Pac-12 South, but. Um, you know, still, if he could coach those guys up, get some momentum going, I'll be looking forward to seeing, you know, what happens with recruiting from there. And so, uh, really, really interested, you know, that addition to all of this other, all this other stuff happening at the top. I want to see if maybe he could start building some traction at that program. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm, I'm really curious to see if UCLA uh, will start um, Wilton Speed from Michigan, uh, Michigan transfer. Um, I mean, this guy in 2016, he threw for like over 2,000 yards, 18 touchdowns. And then the next year comes back in 2017 with like 581 yards. Um, I think he still has some upside. He's experienced. Um, you know, um, now I'm not calling him a Joe Burrow, but I think that because of his experience, he can go to a team like Joe Burrow is with LSU. I think he can find some success. Um you know, speak with his with his you know experience with Chip Kelly. You know, potentially running a, you know a high tempo offense um, that could definitely give some give UCLA a boost that they need. Um, now, Chip Kelly has not announced you know who's going to be. I mean, honestly, he could play the freshman Dorian Thompson Robinson as well, um, mm-hmm. who looked pretty good on tape. So, um, but if it were me, and, and of course I'm not as I'm not at camp. I'm not seeing how well. You know, speeds throwing the ball, but the fact that he has experience in big time games, I'm very interested to see if Kelly's going to be able to run his offense with him, or if he's going to need to go, you know, to, you know, Devon Mooster or or um, or Dorian Thompson Robinson. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'll be watching. Um, like I said, guys, I am very excited to see Chip Kelly back in college football. So you talked about Chip Kelly. I want to talk a little bit about his former team, Oregon. Where do you guys kind of see them falling in this hierarchy of teams? Uh, Willie Tigert uh, left there to take the head job at Florida State, and they added Mario Cristobal as their new head coach, um, who at one time was considered one of the rising stars in the coaching field in college. Um, His star has kind of fallen as of late. Um, I believe he was the coach at Florida Atlantic and didn't have the best of tenures there, but he kind of rehabbed himself at Alabama. Um, where do you guys see Oregon in this hierarchy of uh, 
of Pac-12 teams. I wanted to pick them as my sleeper, um, but yeah, there's just there's 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 too many too many solid programs that that are there. I think they'll um, I think they'll have a winning season. I mean, I, I got them currently at about third after Washington and Stanford in the north. Yeah, I I agree. I have them uh, middle of the road um, with with some upside though. Um, their defensive coordinator. Um, Jim Levitt is legit. Um, yeah. They, you know, their head coach is known to be a great offensive line coach, and that's what they need. They need some blocking to give uh, Je- Justin Herbert some time. I mean, because that guy, a lot of people say, is the best um, NFL-ready quarterback in the Pac-12. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got the height. He's 6'6". He's 234. He's got... You know, um, he's got the size. It's his third year. He threw for nearly 2,000 yards the last two seasons. Um, so it's not that um, they don't have the talent. Um, I just don't I, – I worry about their consistency. Um, so I do have them, you know, mid-tier um, behind Washington, um, behind USC in, in the overall, you know, um, Pac-12, um, and potentially behind one of my sleepers, which we'll get to in a bit. All right, so we're gonna or, or right before we do our prediction for this conference, real quick, who do you guys see as the Pac-12 Player of the Year? Uh, Jake Browning. Browning. Ah, excuse me. Um, I would think. Oh, good. No, no, I just think he will win because he'll be able to lead Washington to to big victories. If we were going on stats alone, it'd probably be, you know, um, Justin Herbert from Oregon or, you know, or Bryce Love. But when you, I guess when you look at it from overall and winning, it'll probably be Jake Browning. I'm going Khalil Tate. Mm. Um, and I'm tempted to go Heisman for Khalil Tate, but I'm going to hold off on that. Um, but, yeah, no, I just think what he did, passing the ball, running the ball, um, last year, and then, you know, you pair him with Kevin Sumlin, and 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 I think we got, you know, something really cooking out there. So I'm I'm thinking he's gonna be the breakout. Uh, like I said, you know, I think nationally, I think he's he's a he's more of a breakout player this year. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him. Yeah, I actually had Khalil Tate as my um, Pac-12 Player of the Year too. He's He's everything that um, Kevin Summer would want in a quarterback who can hurt you yeah. with Total his arm and with his legs. Yeah, he's got he's got the whole package, and the system doesn't change that drastically from Rich Rod to Kevin Sumlin. Yeah, um, and you know if, if if Kevin Sumlin can do anything, he can coach these these type of quarterbacks. So um, I definitely agree with Khalil Tate. But Jake Browning, if they put up the wins, he's going to be up there for. Yep. I mean, he could even depending on how his numbers look, he could be up there in the Heisman conversation as well. well no doubt. Games. <laughs> All right, guys, so time for our predictions. Um, I'll get it started off here. I think Washington comes out of uh, the North Division of the Pac-12. Um, I, I want to I say Stanford is going to give them the most problems, but I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon kind of snuck into that, that second level right behind uh, Washington. Stanford has a really tough schedule. Yes, they um, do. Playing at, playing at Notre Dame and playing some of their other tougher Pac-12 games on the road. Um, so they may slip a little bit, but I think Washington is going to pull away. And they've got a the, – the big thing for them is that they have a big 
tough test in game one against Auburn. Yep. Um, so we'll get to see early how for real they are and how ready they are for the big time. And I'm actually going to go with a little bit of an upset in the South. I'm going to go with uh, Arizona coming out of the South division. Um, USC, I just, I just have questions about that quarterback play. Um, they've got some tough games on their schedule yep. as well. They play at Stanford this year. Um, that's going to be a tough one for them to get out of, especially with a freshman quarterback. Um, they've got a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of young players they're going to have to play, and so I think Arizona, Kevin Sumlin coming in with that explosive offense led by Khalil Tate, I think is really going to put them in a position to win that South division, and then ultimately I have Washington coming out of the Pac-12 as champions. But what do you guys think? Ian, go ahead. Well, I was going to, uh, I was going to say pretty much the same, and I was going to uh, looking at Arizona, but I I got to go USC uh, in the Pac-12 South. Um, I know they got a they got a rough September schedule, but I think that they will still ultimately be able to pull away. Because um, I mean, it's a program that that's just it's just reestablished itself. Like I said at the top, um, I'm excited to see what they do. Uh, now I know I said in the north I wanted to pick Oregon as a sleeper, but I am gonna pick Oregon to come out of the north. <laughs> um, I think I think they nice, are nice misdirection. Thank you, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I I'm thinking um yeah I, I I think you know once uh once they get cooking and 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 um uh. I have my notes here. My phone just crashed, but <laughs> yeah, I think they'll get cooking. And um, I just, uh, I, I think Washington is going to stumble a little bit um, uh, for for a number of reasons. But I, I just like Oregon and the way that they're put together. Um, part of this is my own personal bias, and that's fine. You guys are going to take that, <laughs> and you're going to love it. No, um, but uh, I do. I secretly want to see Oregon and USC come out. I do. Um, but I also think that those programs are, are strong and, uh, and poised to do it. So, um, and did you, did we give our, our, our pick for the whole conference yet or? Yeah. Yeah. You, you can give them the, the whole pick. Drum roll. Yeah. I got USC coming out. I think that they will, uh, ultimately take the, uh, take the conference and, um, now whether they will end up in the playoff, we'll see. So, I mean, stay tuned. Right. Man. Um, all right. Well, um, uh, for the North, I'm going Washington. Um, I think they just have so much experience at quarterback, at running back, and on defense. Um, and they, I believe they have the best coach in the Pac-12 and one of the best in college football. Um, so I definitely think this could be Washington's year to really, um, you know, take not only the Pac-12, but potentially get into the college football playoff. However, um, in the South, um, I'm going to take Utah um, mm. because I, I just through reading a lot of um, commentary on Utah and how people may overlook them, um, and more importantly, their schedule being favorable with having Washington at home. They do have a tough one at Stanford, but USC is also at home. Uh, Arizona's at home. Um, they have, you know, I think this is their chance. Like, if their defense can mm-hmm. get it together and not give up 104 fourth quarter points like they did last year, um, nine starters on offense, very experienced quarterback, um, 
I think they can really upset uh, a few teams, especially, you know, some of the games they have at home. So um, I, I took a, a risk uh, going there because I was going to pick USC at first. Uh, but but I, I think uh, with Utah's schedule, no, no, no. I think this may be their shot. Um, in the end, I got Washington winning the Pac-12 um, and getting into the college football playoff. Wow. Utah, Utah is one of those teams that it just you don't talk about them all off season or even during the season, but when it, you look at the standings, they're in they're the in running it. to win their division <laughs> right, every right, year. Right, right. Yep. You can, usually can't name any of their recruits or, you know, other than their, their quarterback, running back, and maybe a couple wideouts, but they're always right there. It's one of those programs that's always right on the cusp of, of being contenders. Yep. So let's go ahead and switch gears to the Big 12, the Conference of Champions, and... Let's look at the storylines coming into this year. What are you guys seeing as the storylines coming into 2018 Big 12 football? Um, I think it's the shoes to fill at quarterback. Um, you got Kyler Murray taking over for the one and only Baker Mayfield, uh, who was extremely fun to watch um, at Oklahoma. Um, you got... Um, who I believe at least will be Taylor Cornelius taking over uh, for Mason Rudolph at Oklahoma State um, and Sean Robinson, um, who's taking over um, at TCU. So I think it's really, you know, of course, it's a it's a quarterback uh, type of game. Uh, you you mm-hmm. roll as your quarterback rolls. So um, seeing how those guys are going to be able to take over those programs, step up in big moments. Um, Oklahoma has some pretty big games. Um uh, and so does TCU um, hosting Ohio State, I believe, week three. Um, so um, I'm excited. It's, to s- a neutral, it's not it's not at TCU, but it is in Texas. Yeah, it's in Texas, which, you know, is almost a home game for them. But Ohio State yeah. fans do travel. Um, oh, yes. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, that's for sure. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's what I'm really interested to see in this in this league is, is how these quarterbacks are going to take over for these programs. Um, and then last but not least um, is Tom Herman at Texas. I think this mm-hmm. this has to be a year where he really starts winning some key games. Um, you know, Charlie Strong did not do the greatest at Texas. Um, he's still a good football coach, but Tom Herman, you know, at Texas, Texas is one of those programs you're expected to win, um, and they have mm-hmm. not been winning recently. So I'm really interested to see what Tom Herman is going to be able to do. Um, with a team that really could have won more games than they did last year, um, but silly penalties, silly mistakes they made cost them some some pretty big games. So, so those are the the, the few things that are standing out to me in Big Twelve. Yeah, uh, I know it's not much for parity, but my uh, things I'm watching not too different from Keith because um, I was looking at Texas. I know they're gonna be uh, they got USC. Uh, that week before they face off with TCU. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be a huge thing to look at. It's the one to know um, what Texas is going to do. And they're not expected to do much, but uh, mm-hmm. that's that's one thing that I'm definitely looking at to see what direction that program is going to go in from here. Because, again, like you said, Texas is almost, I mean, synonymous with winning. And down there, I mean, they, they, they worship the Longhorns. And so I uh, really want to see what's going on uh so I'll be I'll be keyed in early in the season on Texas. Yeah, um, 
Texas was also on my list. Are they are they back? Are they? Um, it looks like seriously. It looks like you know they're they're starting to kind of turn that corner. The talent is there. It's just about getting the main thing that kept Charlie Strong um, and anyone from winning there has just been the quarterback play. And so they named Sam Erlinger the starter. Um, will he remain the starter throughout the year? We'll see. Uh, but if they can get some solid quarterback play, they've got they've got weapons around him. Colin Johnson, um, Devin Duvernay. Um, who originally had committed to Baylor but came to Texas in their last recruiting class. Um, they, they've got the talent. They've just got to start winning some games. Yep. Um, my biggest question is, can West Virginia finish a season strong? Yes. Uh, every hmm. year that Dana Hogerson has been there, no matter who's the quarterback, they get off to these big starts where they're putting up numbers, they're 8-0, and then they'll you know, lose four of the last five games and fall out of contention. But can this team finally put it together for a whole year? Um, they may, you know, the offense is going to do what the offense does. And the the defense has been up and down. But can they get enough stops on defense to match uh, what their offense is doing? Yep. Uh, West Virginia is a team that they're going to have, this going to be a force to be reckoned with because of a lot of the, the uh, talent they're bringing back yep. at the skill positions um, this year. So that's that's another headline that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um but let's look at the players to watch. Um, what players are you looking to have big years this year for their respective teams um, in the Big 12? Funny you should ask. Um, I'm actually still looking uh, right there where you left off in West Virginia. Uh, will Greer, I think, with that continuity in that offense. Um, the top passer last year, I think he will um, still make noise. Uh, seems like everybody else left. But he came back, and so, um, you know, like you said, West Virginia's offense, not too many questions there. So it may not be a startling pick that'll bowl you over, but I do um, I do expect Will Greer to have uh, another stellar year. Um, I'm looking at Justice Hill, um, the running back mm-hmm. from Oklahoma State. Like, that dude is a monster. Um, uh, I, I, think, I think he – gives Oklahoma State a little bit of hope, even though they lost their quarterback, mm-hmm. and that's going to be interesting. Um, but they have, you know, they have some, that team has some potential. Um, they have some, you know, some decent returning starters, um, and that if they can really pound the ball, um, that may take some pressure off of, you know, their quarterback who's, you know, got some big shoes to fill. And interestingly enough, I don't know if you guys seen, but um, – Taylor Cornelius, like, he was getting ready to start as a freshman. And, like, a few days before, like, he called his parents, told him, hey, I'm getting ready to start at Oklahoma State, get tickets. And, like, a couple days before game time, they decided to start Rudolph. Um, Mm. And, you know, and they never looked back. So this is kind of like his second chance um, to really, you know, shine. So... Um, so I'll be looking to see what he does as well, especially with that chip on his shoulder. Like, man, you know, Rudolph did play his behind off, but you know, now I have this shot to really, you know, turn it around. So, um, so those two guys, uh, for Oklahoma state, um, and then David Stills, the, the West Virginia receiver. I mean, they've got three returning stud receivers at West Virginia. Um, uh, David Stills being one who many believe will definitely be a a target in the NFL. Um, so so there's that. And then um, 
Yeah, Oklahoma's running back, Robbie Anderson Jr. Uh, they're going to need him to really step up and take some pressure off of Murray. Um, Oklahoma can is definitely known to be a team who can pound the ball. Uh, last year, of course, Baker Mayfield was able to stretch the field with his with his arm and his and his ground game. Um, but what he does, and potentially what freshman T.J. Pledger does, who was one of the top recruits uh, that they signed, um, those will be guys for me to watch. I forgot I had an honorable mention. Uh, ben uh, Benagu, back to the Horn Frogs. Um, even last T-U. year, he was he was uh, he was uh, sharing that um, that load. Uh, with Matt Bolson, but now he's in the league. But even last year, you know, 16.5 tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks. Um, yeah, so he's uh, now he's unleashed. Um, and now some is unleashed. Some would contend that, uh, you know, Matt Bolson going to the, to the NFL kind of frees um, offensive lines up to double him, you know, accordingly. But I'm still looking to see what happens with him. Does he build on that momentum? Does he have – a uh, breakout defensive year, um, getting after the quarterback, or you know, does he temper that without a, a, a two-headed dragon? So, I'll be on the lookout for him. Yeah, the um, the guy I'm looking at is a CD Lamb at, at Oklahoma. Um, mm. It seemed like there were so many times last year watching Oklahoma, he would make a big play, whether it was a big pass completion, whether it was in special teams. Um, I think he's going to be a big weapon for Kyler Murray in his first year as a starter. Um, he's going to want to get him the ball and get him the ball early and often. Um, and with the way that that offense is going to look a little bit different with Kyler Murray, um, running the ball a little bit more. So it may free C.D. Lamb at wide receiver um, to do a few more things um, from that wide receiver position, getting behind the defense and making some big plays. A couple other names. Um people haven't talked about and it's i had to double check when i saw this name but i don't don't know if you guys remember a running back from tennessee by the name of jalen hurd uh he transferred to baylor he'll be playing wide receiver for them Mm -hmm. um that kid was a monster at tennessee um him and i can't remember the the quarterback's name but they were a great one-two punch um it didn't quite work out for them as a team um, but Jalen Hurd's got a lot of talent, and so Baylor kind of needs somebody to to give them some some more playmakers. They've kind of fallen on hard times, obviously, over the last couple years, but he could be a bright spot for them. And I'm actually looking at the uh, other quarterback in that quarterback competition at Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders, um, coming out of Denton, Texas. He's a freshman uh, that they're really high on, and he's competing with Cornelius for that quarterback position. Even if he doesn't start week one, um, I would not be surprised if he um, gets some playing time and or steals that job from Cornelius. Cornelius is a fifth-year senior. Yep. Sanders is a freshman. He's obviously going to be the future of that program. Yep. Um, and I know they're going to be looking for a little bit of a spark to replace Mason Rudolph. Um, and it may be tough to keep that young guy off the field uh, this year. Yeah. So are you so, an Oklahoma State fan now, um, Malcolm? I've never been an Oklahoma State fan. I am unapologetically Oklahoma fan. Are you switching to Oklahoma State? I am absolutely not switching okay. to Oklahoma State. Okay. I thought we I was just trying to add some drama here. All right. <laughs> Sorry. No guys. drama. No, no drama, drama there. Boomer Sooner. <laughs> Boomer Sooner all day. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So let's get to what the people want to hear. What's your prediction 
for the Big 12? It's Oklahoma. Uh, it's just doggone Oklahoma. I, <laughs> I, I mean, they, they rank. I, I, the defense is a question mark. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Um, but I think they solved those. Um, I think they solved those issues. Um, I, I I can't see. I don't know with the questions that we mentioned already about West Virginia and TCU. Um, I don't see anybody really overtaking. I know I'm intrigued by Texas, but I don't expect for them to to surge and have enough to overcome. Uh, so I got Oklahoma coming on out. Malcolm, who you got? Um. So this is the first year we're back with the uh, championship game. Yep. Um, in the Big Twelve, um, you'll have the the top two teams of the conference playing for the championship. Yep. Um, so right now I have um, Texas coming out as one of the representatives. I think this is the year they kind of turn that corner and become a legitimate contender in the conference. Really? And yeah. And I, uh, it, it hurt me a little bit, but I'm gonna, I think West Virginia, this is West Virginia's year. Oh, shoot. Um, I think the continuity matters. I think uh, Will Greer is going to put up some huge numbers. Him and Stills are the best one-two punch in college football. Um, I just think this is the year they finally get over the hump. They could, they once again, West, West Virginia, they'll get off to an a 8-0 start, and they'll be number two in the country and then lose three inexplicable games. Um but I think this is the year they do it. The, my sleeper team in the conference is actually Iowa State. Um, hmm. Matt Campbell took over this program and has made them respectable. Um, last year they beat Oklahoma. Uh, last year they beat TCU um, and played Oklahoma State down to the wire as well. That's right. That's um, right. This is going to be a team that's going to surprise some people and could possibly work their way into a conversation of playing in that in that inaugural uh, Big 12 championship game. But yeah, I'm going to go with uh, West Virginia taking home the Big 12 title. Malcolm, my man. Um, I, figured, I figured you were going with them. Um, and I'm siding with you and I'm choosing West Virginia as well. Um, I, I do think that... Um, their experience and their offensive explosion, um, or at least potential to be explosive, mm-hmm. makes all the difference. Um, now, I will say that um, in week two, the Youngstown State Penguins travel to West Virginia, and I'm hoping that my brother puts up some <laughs> points against WVU. That's right. I'm hoping Christian Turner gives them work. Oh. Um, but regardless, um, I do think this is their year. I think that this has to be their year. Um, and I think their head coach knows it uh, with the talent he's got. And with so many question marks other places, Oklahoma, how good is Murray going to be? How good are they going to adjust? Texas, you know, how good is their quarterback play going to be? Um you know, TCU, uh, you know, a lot of question marks everywhere. Um, but where you need your experience, um, they've got it with Will Greer, um, and they've got it with their with their playmakers. So I'm going with West Virginia to win the Big 12, um, and I would have them honestly playing TCU um, in the Big 12 championship game. Mm. Here's in here. Let me give you guys part of my reasoning. So, obviously, I'm an Oklahoma, Oklahoma fan, but I have questions about how the offense is going to adjust 
defense losing some um, key contributors from the last couple years. Um, but the big game is the last game of that of the year, Oklahoma at West Virginia. At West Virginia, um, yep. And I think that could be the game that decides who goes to the championship game. Um, yeah. I love it. I'm all here for it. Boomer, <laughs> Boomer Sooner. <laughs> I'll still be rooting for my Sooners, and I will be super excited if they can get to the championship game. Don't get yeah. it twisted. <laughs> So, all right. Believe it or not, there are other college football conferences. Now, we're not going to go these conference (laughs) by conference, but we're going to talk about some of the headlines. (laughs) And then we're going to get into our predictions um, for all of college football in the playoffs. So, um, non-Power 5 schools, uh, what headlines are you guys looking at? Storylines are you guys looking at for this year? Um, UCF, honestly, is the one that, mm. that intrigues me a lot, you know, because even though they lost Scott Frost, which I believe he will be great at his alma mater at Nebraska, um, they did lose a few playmakers, but they returned 10 all-conference players. Mm. They had the top-ranked recruiting class, you know, in their conference, which, you know, doesn't say a whole lot um, in the grand scheme, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. However, in their conference, you know, they had the best. They're bringing back McKenzie Milton Jr., who had 42 total touchdowns, over 4,000 yards as their quarterback. Um, they've got Trey Con Smith. They got Adrian Killings, their running back, who had, like, you know, I believe 900 yards, 11 touchdowns. Um, and this this head coach, I mean, he's got some experience. He coached with Bob Stoops um, and also. I really think UCF could have another great year, y'all. Like, now, do I believe they may get to the to the big dance? Probably not again. Um, but they that program really, you know, um, there was a lot of hype with that program, especially them going undefeated. Um, so I'm very, very excited to see what, what this new head coach is going to be able to do with that program that's not losing a whole lot of talent. Um, so that's... That's one. And then my only other one, I'm going to try to keep it short, is Notre Dame. I think, honestly, if if, if Brian Kelly does not pull out a, a solid season with maybe only one it's loss, over. I think it's a wrap for him. Um, yeah, so, you know, they've got a tough schedule, but they've got a solid defense. Uh, Tavon Coney, I remember watching him in Florida when I was uh, reporting for a newspaper down there. And that dude is a monster linebacker. Um, they have a solid defense coming back. Julian... Um, they're one of their cornerbacks. Um, I, his last name is escaping me right now, but he's one of the best in the nation. Um, so, so yeah, we'll see, man. They got they got Michigan their first game. They got Stanford. They got Virginia Tech, Florida State, and USC. Um, some tough games for them, uh, but I think this is this may be his last rodeo if uh, if they don't at least win ten games. Well. I'm going to take us all to uh, a little land called the Conference USA. Um, I am taking a look at the Thundering Herd this season. want to see what Marshall's going to do. Uh, they got 18 starters coming back, 9 on O, 9 on D, and I think they will be a, uh, a formidable foe for, for, for Florida Atlantic to, uh, to take that title. So uh, I'll be taking a look at them. They actually get to host Florida Atlantic. And I think that's um that's the main reason why you know I kind of give them a leg up. I think they'll they'll have that advantage, and I think they will go ahead and take that conference. So 
um, taking a look and see what they do. Interesting. Well, I got a couple things I'm looking at. I'm looking at the Ed Oliver hype train at uh, Houston. Um, people are trying to talk Heisman. They're trying to play him a little bit on offense to try to get him some Heisman buzz. Um, but defensively, he's one of the best in the country on the interior of the line. He op- absolutely has a chance to be um, a top two or three, if not number one overall pick in, uh, in, in next year's draft. Of course, depending on who needs a quarterback. Um, so I'm interested to see how he plays and how Houston then can kind of see if they can keep that momentum from the Tom Herman years. Major Applewhite took over the program. Can they continue that upward trajectory? Yep. And then I'm interested to see year two of the Lane Kiffin experience at Florida Atlantic. Yep. Um, he has a roster with transfers from all over the place. Um, they got this wide receiver from West Virginia, Javon Dur- Durante, who who's who's a stud. They got a JUCO star coming in next year, and then the quarterback competition is between former uh, Oklahoma quarterback Chris Robinson and former Florida State quarterback DeAndre Johnson. Um, and last year, they their quarterback was Jeff Driscoll, who was a Florida transfer. Um, so Lane Kiffin is doing something. He makes headlines. He gets the guys there. Uh, but in year two, can they take that next step? And we didn't even talk about Devin Singletary. Um, he's five foot nine, but he's one of the best running backs in all of the country, um, averaging over 150 yards per game last year. Um, I, I'm really interested to see what kind of push they can make. They're going to make headlines, uh, but can they make any noise in the polls um, and possibly play themselves into a really good bowl game next year? We'll see. Um, but that's about as much as we're going to talk about the non-Power Five. We are not going to go through Conference USA in the American Athletic Conference in the Mountain West. Sorry, fans. Do that on your own time. Uh, but let's get into our playoff preview. Um, so, guys, we're going to make our playoff picks. I would like to challenge you, if you can, to make your picks based on the teams that you pick to win each conference. Mm-hmm. So based on your predictions that you actually made, if you can remember them, keep that in mind when making your, your preview picks, because I almost just completely forgot about that. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. so um, I'll start out since uh, I know I just kind of gave that rule just now. Um, so my uh, playoff teams, I think I believe I had Georgia winning the SEC, yep. Wisconsin winning the Big Ten, West Virginia representing the Big 12. And my fourth team, um, I had three teams in the running, but I decided to go with Washington from the Pac-12. Um, I'm not going to rank them and figure out who's going to play who. But my ultimate champion, I think I think Kirby Smart and Georgia get it done. Uh, Jake Fromm, second-year starter. Um, the depth they still have at running back, uh, despite losing uh, Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. Um, I think the overall talent is going to be there for them to come out on top in this year's college football playoff. Mm. So, guys, you've had some time to kind of mull it over. Give us your playoff preview prediction. Okay. Um, I guess I'll go. Um, I also had Georgia winning the SEC. Um. I said that um, if Urban Meyer is coaching, which we now know, of course, he's 
missing for three games. Um, I do think the Ohio State Buckeyes will be able to overcome um, and win the Big Ten. Um, I said Washington would win the Pac-12. Um, I said WVU uh, would win the Big 12. Um, and And because the ACC is pretty much not as strong. I mean, of course, you have Clemson and Miami. Um, I would probably go with the um, Big 12 champ getting in. So I would honestly have Georgia, um, Washington, Ohio State, and West Virginia um, as my big four, um, the four to make the playoff. Um, And ultimately, I think it would come down to the fact that Georgia has um, incredible experience coming back, a great coach, um, a great, great stud defense. Um, I would pick Georgia, uh, to win the college football playoff. Mm. All right, folks, as I said today, big 12, I got Oklahoma coming out. Uh, big 10 was the Ohio State University. Um, Say that again. AC, the. the Ohio State University. <laughs> AC, uh, despite everything that's going on. Uh, ACC, uh, Florida State was my pick mm. to take the ACC. SEC uh, was Alabama. Pac-12. <laughs> Wait, um, what was that one? <laughs> Said uh, that a little fast. Was, it was it was it was the tide. It was the tide. Oh, okay. Um, I, just want, I want the fans to hear. You know what's going on. Pack twelve. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Uh, Pack twelve. I had the Ducks of Oregon uh, coming out. Interestingly enough, um, I, I, when I was looking at the schedules, I kind of picked through. Uh, got two two lost teams winning conferences, um, and that's Ohio State and Oregon. Hmm. Um, who ends up in the playoff? Whew. I think strength of schedule. I'm going to give it to Oregon. Mm. Um, so, uh, in real the quick, playoff, real I got, quick. I'm sorry, Ian. Who do you have uh, Ohio State losing to? I'm curious. Uh, I have to look back at the schedule. Okay. I had them. I know I had them losing to Michigan State. Um, because I feel like they've they've had their number a couple times. I think they let a game slip. Um, you had them beat TCU. I, what's that? Did you have them beat TCU? That may be the other one I had them losing. Um, there was a question in my mind about Penn State as well as Michigan, mm. but I can't remember exactly which one I circled. Um, I had, I got them pulling out a couple, but okay. yeah, that TCU games that's that's gonna be tough on them too. Um, so of the playoff teams I got, um, which are Oklahoma, Florida State, Alabama, and Oregon. This is hard for me. Mm. Don't tell me you're gonna go with the roll tide. Oh. I gotta go with Alabama to mm. um, Wow. Oh my to take the college football. Yeah, uh, um, wow, that's that took a lot of courage. It's 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 an open wound, trust me. Um, but I think that uh, the Tide are going to do what the Tide does. I think they will build and grow stronger as the season goes on. 
Uh, Saban's going to coach, coach those boys up. And um, I think by the time it gets, you know, it gets to the playoffs, they will be um, the SEC powerhouse that they are. So, Well, you know what they're going to say about us, SEC bias. We all had SEC national champion. <laughs> <laughs> Probably <laughs> um, in Ohio, but, but we SEC biased. Also, shout out to the Ohio Bobcats, uh, predicted to win the MAC championship this year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make it happen, Bobcats. Let's do it. Let's win the MAC. Let's go to Detroit, win the championship game, and let's see if we can get to the Bahamas or somewhere nice and warm for the championship game for the uh, bowl game. Um, so shout out to them. And um, I am. An OSU fan and an OU supporter. I know that there may not be many of those around, but I just want to echo that and say, "Oh, you, oh yeah." Welcome to the bandwagon, Ian. There are plenty of seats. I have been a supporter. Uh, my wife <laughs> is a proud alum of Ohio University. Uh, please pay no mind to Malcolm Morgan. Thank you. <laughs> so. That ends part two of our college football preview. Um, you guys can catch part one, our last episode, um, put them together, and you can get one beautiful college football preview. Um, we're about to wrap up this episode, but you know how we like to end it with our parting words. Keith, let's start with your parting words tonight. Man, shout out to Aretha Franklin. Uh, Ooh. Queen of Soul. Queen, um, may she queen. forever rest on. Um, and you know we're praying for her family. Um, I, I had some friends who actually went up to Detroit to um, pay their respects, and um, you know it was just tons of people there. Um, so you can tell the impact and the legacy that she's leaving behind. So uh, so completely non-sports related, but may she rest on uh, and get her just reward. Her just reward being, uh, in the words of Reverend Al Sharpton, the R E S P I C T. Reverend Al, you got hold. That's another. That's another big L this year for you, Reverend Al. Last week, <laughs> last year it was the selfie. This year it's that. You got to hold that L, Doc. <laughs> that selfie, man. It was terrible, man. R E S P I C T. Unbelievable. Oh, oh that hurts. Um. All right, Ian, give us your parting words. Um, yeah, shout out to Cleveland, Ohio. It was 92 degrees today, and I was miserable. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that That's really what you're going to do with your shout out? Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to the fall. I don't understand how you hot weather people do, but um, winter is coming. Game of Thrones. <laughs> so there's nothing you can do about it. So suffer in silence because it's my time now. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Ian, for that weather report. And, <laughs> no problem. Uh, <laughs> see you. We'll see you at the top of the hour with birthdays. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so for my parting words, there, there's going to be some grumbles coming from Columbus on this, but I've been holding this in for quite some time. Mm. I would like to um, give my negative shout out to Urban Meyer. Um, whether or not you deserve a three-game suspension or worse is not what I'm going to debate. I'm not going to debate the football part of it. Um, I'm not going to debate 
your role in all of this. I'm not going to roll. I'm not even going to debate in what you did or did not know. But what I, what I will say is that your apology was absolutely shameful and you should be 100% disappointed in the way that you um, presented yourself in that press conference. Whether you believe what you did was right or wrong, there is a woman in this case who was abused. The domestic violence case, I believe, is not debatable and you should have done something about it. You knew about it, you should have done something about it, and you didn't. And then when you had the opportunity to make it right and say something to the victim in this case, you decided to go out of your way to not do that. I won't forget it. College football fans all over the country won't forget it. Courtney Smith won't forget it. Um, And I think that any objective football fan, objective human being won't forget it. Um, Urban Meyer, you have lost a fan in me. I enjoyed your time at Florida, um, but none of that matters because your moral ineptitude in this case has been extremely hard to swallow. Um, And in the era of Me Too, when women are speaking out and need advocates for them, you took the opposite stance. And for that, sir, I shout you out in the most negative way possible. And that's my shout out. Oof. Uh, Courtney Smith, say your name. Malcolm. Sheesh. Uh, Just real quick question to follow that up, because I got to echo your sentiments. Very disappointed. Um, and the whole university's handling of this whole thing. It was mm-hmm. it was sad. It's very sad. So, um, if you guys, I know I got two boys. If you guys got sons that are football, uh, you know they they've committed to Ohio State University. Are you are you advising them to uh, to decommit? Absolutely. Hmm. I'd have to say so too. I'd have to say so too. Keith. Um I can't say. Gotcha. Um because I um, Cuz you're a booster. What? <laughs> Nothing. Good. Did you say cuz I'm a booster? <laughs> anyway. Um no, I mean I just I think about my son's potential future and mm-hmm. um you know, a lot of guys, you know, like, it, it's crazy what you see in college football. And I'm not saying that, like, I think Urban Meyer is completely wrong, but I'm not saying that I would tell my boys you need to decommit. Um, I think being at Ohio State regardless gives, you know, young men an opportunity um, and definitely in the light to where they could potentially make it to the NFL or whatever it may be because of that prestigious yeah. program. Um, so, with that being said, I, I completely disagree with, with you know, the way Urban handled it, the way I think he, you know, me being an Ohio State fan, I think he deserved a much harsher punishment and all of that, but I don't think that I would advise my sons to decommit. No, yeah. I don't think I would. I'm sorry, guys. I forgot what we were talking about. Can you guys remind me? I have this condition where I forget what we're talking about. <laughs> Anyways, let's wrap it up. I'm sorry. I just... I just needed some help remembering. First of all, Keith, oh, I am disappointed that you did not do the hard Youngstown State Christian Turner pivot there. I fully that was a great opportunity for you to talk about how great of a football program Youngstown State has. And I'm disappointed that you didn't take that hard pivot there. 
Uh, well, well, listen, listen. I, I, I shouted my brother out last week. I can't make this the Christian Turner show or the Youngstown State show. Um, but like I said, I gave my, my spiel. I hope he gives uh, West Virginia all type of hell. You know, I'm, I'm expecting at least a touchdown or two. Um, oh, or well, two? Least, wow. Well, 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 at least hoping. You know, hey, he listen. He put up two last year against Pitt. Um, so uh, I, I'm hoping for more of the same. So, and I'm going up to Morgantown to be uh, be there cheering for him when he does. Ooh. Yes, God. Uh, mm. Well, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> good. That's all I can say. Listen, good luck. I, I didn't say they was about to win. I'm just hoping he could put. I, I didn't say they was gonna win. I just said that I hope that that my my brother gives them some work. That's all I'm saying. Look, I've been to, I've been to some of those games where you're all excited and then. By about halftime, you just you just ready to go home. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, just... but listen, hey man, um, my brother needs that work, and uh, again, you know they're they're not they're not afraid of the big stage. You know, went to Pitt last year, his first game as a college football player, two TDs, over a hundred yards. Um, so you know, I'm looking forward Look, to it, not, regardless of the outcome. We're not getting any money from Youngstown State, so we're not just gonna be sitting here talking about Youngstown State all the time now. All right. Well, exactly. Now, you the one that brought it up. That was now you. if they were to write a check, we will gladly sing the praises of Pelini, <laughs> Jim Trussell, everybody. We'll talk about everybody. Um, you can make those checks payable to three in one pocket. No. Um, so after all of that, we're done. Part two of the season um, of the college football season preview is done. We're excited to see these games get started from Cleveland, Ohio. Give it up for International Ian Lamont Morgan. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And from Cincinnati, it's Keith Turner Jr. Yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. Uh, Who's the ma'am in this situation? What? The listeners. The (laughs) listeners. (laughs) I'll look at those demographics to see if we have any female listeners. And it's your boy from the capital city. It's Malcolm Morgan. Thank you guys for listening to the 3 in 1 podcast. We'll see you all next time. Bang, bang. Bang, bang.